Welcome to the Minnesota Beer Cast. This is Schmitty, and uh, I am lonely. I don't have Drew here today. It is uh, just me. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say just me. I am joined by uh, an esteemed panel of uh, of other, I guess, other media personalities. Uh, I've got Jerry, uh, writer uh, extraordinaire. I've got uh, Sean uh, from the Happy Gnome, and I've got uh, Dan from Beer Ploma. Let's go around the uh, the circle and uh, give a better introduction than than I'm able to. Tell folks where they might know you from. Let's start with you, Jerry. Uh, howdy, I'm Jerry Fagerberg. I am the the self named beer editor at City Pages, also a beer writer around town. Do some writing for October and uh, Pace Magazine as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen you, your stuff. I didn't want to you know, pigeonhole you into just City Pages because I've seen you, you write for a you know, decent number of spots. I try to, yeah. I've done some writing for the AV Club too, uh, but mainly at City Pages because I don't really have to pitch to get a story in there. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> Dan? Yeah, I'm Dan Bobian. I write for Beer Ploma. It's a local craft beer blog. I also have a podcast called A One Pint Stand. And thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you guys. And Sean, you've been on before, but uh, reacquaint listeners with uh, with what you do and what you're up to. Now. Yeah, uh, my full-time job is I'm a restaurant manager, <clears throat> currently managing the Happy Gnome, if you've ever heard of that. Little uh, little St. Paul bar. It's a little St. Paul bar. Yeah, uh, but I've done writing for um, Minnesota Beer Activists. So I've heard of that website. Yes, highly recommend it. Uh, they haven't done much lately, but I, you know, they might they might be writing again soon. So I uh, I wanted to do a uh, a show that kind of breaks format. We usually have an industry person on to kind of talk about what's new with with what they're doing, what's going on in the industry, and I figured you know what. Let's uh let's kind of break format and have some some media personalities talk about what uh, what our impressions are in the industry. Talk about what what we're doing in the industry. Talk about what what's going on. Um, and I wanted to start off with the uh, the show to kind of talk about what uh, I want to get the opinions with what you guys are enjoying lately in the uh, in the beer and beverage world. I guess it doesn't have to be exclusively beer, but what uh, what are you guys enjoying when it comes to uh a beverage these days i have to say that um i have really enjoyed the uh readily available uh bevy of really well-made lagers mm-hmm. that i've been oh, yeah. finding uh locally Definitely. um i live in st paul so bad weather is kind of a a go-to it's about a 10 minute uber from my front door to theirs <laughs> <laughs> and it just seems like they are constantly putting out something uh with a lot of flavor um medium abv and and that's uh really crisp and refreshing i'm really enjoying kind of uh yeah they've got like three or four loggers on right now which oh yeah which is nice it's gonna be that kind of year where or that time of year where it gets warmer and you you, you want i do anyway uh, i enjoy a lager yeah i'm gonna piggyback on that and say that the two things that i'm really <clears throat> looking forward to are Pilsners. I mean, there's readily available Pilsner specifically, and uh, I've seen a lot more beers between four and five percent recently. And as a uh, professional beer drinker, I definitely (laughs) really appreciate beers not being all eight percent or higher. Do you have a a specific brand or beer that's uh, that's been in your fridge the last few weeks, Sean? Um, definitely going with this uh, Sequench. Yeah. Yeah. Little. uh, I do enjoy that beer. It's got the, yeah. uh, it's got kind of that salinity to it. Mm-hmm. That is, it's. 
I don't know, kind of after like maybe it's after like a workout you want to have that. It's beer. a great shower beer. It's really, <laughs> I highly recommend it. Yeah, Jerry, you got a particular beverage that you've been enjoying lately? Oh, I think you know I do. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, if, if you've read my Twitter in the past two weeks, you'll you'll know that I've become a a big fan of the Miller High Life. Yeah, it's uh, out of a little place in uh, Milwaukee. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's a champagne of beers. And, uh, you know, I've I've honestly felt a little kind of like overstimulated by beer lately. I mean, the last time I saw Dan, we were at Tin Whiskers drinking the Salted Nut Roll Golden Ale, which uh, I really do like. Yeah, but I'm like uh, a one or two craft beer a night. And then like we're just doing high life the rest of the way, drinking clear bottles. I, you know what? I wouldn't say that that's that's a bad thing. I think that you can definitely wear out your palate pretty doggone quick if you're if you're rocking some some pretty you know high lupulin content IPAs. Yeah. You can you can definitely wear your palate out. Yeah, I mean the juxtaposition is that the other style that I've been really enjoying lately because I'm just a glutton for punishment is sour IPA. So we did one with 56 Brewing that's called Press Check, we being City Pages. Um, and that kind of like tipped me off a little bit. Oddside has one called Shimon that's really good. Um, but you're basically destroying every taste bud in your mouth by the third or fourth sip. So <laughs> it's like the two most extreme flavors you can have in beer at the same that's, time. That's a resounding endorsement. I'm yeah. sure you're going to yeah. be glad. That you- <laughs> it's a good endorsement for Miller High Life. <laughs> Destroy your tongue. I, I don't know that I've ever had a a sour IPA. Have have either of you guys, Dan or Sean, had a, a sour IPA? Yeah, we did one at Lake Monster when I was there. It, <clears throat> is it is it something that's an experience, or is it or is it more? I mean, how would you describe? A sour IPA is it something that, that people want to try, or is it something people go back to time and time again? I actually ended up going back to it. I, it was one of those beers that I would kind of go back to. It wasn't a lower lower end of the ABV for the hoppy beers. Um, it wasn't intensely sour. It wasn't you know as sour as. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. get that, like, like that a, kettle sour, yeah. lacto flavor, and not like that woody like red sour. Yeah, not going to be the the real vinegar kind of takes the enamel enamel off of your teeth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's super kind of sour. Yeah. I imagine me a little more on the on the on the lacto, just a little bit. Yeah, it plays nice with like the fruitiness of certain hops, you know. And like, so if you get the hop profile right, and you're going for like, you know, I think the funny part about it is the best sour IPAs are like the hazy IPAs that they sour because of like the citra hops and like anything that's like pineapple or grapefruit that's going to play really nicely with the souring. For sure, I, yeah. I could definitely see that working. Just imagine any any of your favorite session sours or session IPAs with a little squeeze of lime in there. Yeah. Okay. Now, now you're talking. Yeah, mm. I, I like that. Sales. As long as, <laughs> there we as, go. Long as we're talking styles, uh, what do you guys think is uh, is going to come into fashion over the next I don't know two, three, maybe five years? Do you have predictions as uh, as people who watch the the market trends in in beer and beverage, do you think we're going to continue to see things move along in in another double the the range in in IPA varieties, or do you think people are going to get bored with with IPAs and kind of revert back to more of those those lager types of, of varieties? I think a lot of times when I talk to brewers, they always say, you know, the the best beers that we put out are ones that we like to drink. And I think that, um, you know, we've seen, like, uh, Jerry, you mentioned, like, hazy IPAs, 
you know, um, all the different kind of fruited uh, milkshake IPAs. And I really do think things are going to come back to keep it simple, stupid. And I think that we are going to see more showcasing of malt as an ingredient. Um, and, and pilsners lend themselves perfectly to that. Um, you know, uh, right now it's my box season. I've been walk, I've been going around to a lot of different places and enjoying a lot of really awesome my box. It's, it's, um, it's man. I think my box season ended a month and a half ago, didn't it? Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm on to the Christmas sales now. <laughs> right. I know we talk about it every year. It gets the seasons move earlier and forward. Earlier. Yeah. So it's yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah, February. So yeah. You want to time my travel? Get into craft beer. That's yeah. right. that's what I say. I just finished Oktoberfest. Great. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Oktoberfest. We uh, we are coming up on the uh, end of time for this segment, and it's a good opportunity, Sean. Thanks for the uh, the transition. You're welcome. I want to plug the uh, the Germany trip for Oktoberfest. We uh, we are almost out of time. If you are interested in joining us for the Oktoberfest trip, uh, get on it. Uh, go to beercasttrip.com. It's it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. I went and got uh, my my passport renewed last week that's good you should do that yeah it's it's needed (laughs) if you're gonna go overseas they won't let you back in it's true they may not let you (laughs) in you end up like tom hanks you just sit in the terminal (laughs) it's not a good trip so it's it was quite the experience i had to go with my my wife the lovely mrs schmidt she went and got hers renewed as well because she hasn't done it since we got married so they actually took like her birth certificate and our marriage certificate and like oh well We'll mail them back to you. It's like, oh, <laughs> I, I hope so. So technically, I think I'm single right now. Until those things come back, I'm pretty sure that's how the law works. But I'm not. Yep. I'm not. You positive. said on the radio, so it's true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, if you're interested in that trip, uh, go to beercasttrip.com, and we're gonna come back after this with more of the uh, the media panel here on the Minnesota Beercast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Schmitty, and I am without Drew this week, but I've got uh, an esteemed panel uh, joining me, helping prop me up, support the show this week. Let's uh, let's reintroduce folks, and if you guys want to give like your social media handles or where folks can find you as we go around, uh, we've got Jerry from the City Pages. Jerry, where can folks find you if they want to follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter all the time, constantly, at JG Fagerberg. That is JG F as in Frank, A G E R B E R G. Hit the follow. <laughs> Dan. And uh, all my writing is found at, uh, at Beer Ploma. You just follow the links. All right. And Where Sean, where can folks find you? Uh, yeah, that would be uh, <clears throat> Minnesota Beer Activists. There you go. And they can find you at the Happy Gnome. If they can they find me at the Happy Gnome. You can come in, you can uh, buy a beer. And you just listen for a guy that sounds like that. Yeah. You've already met my voice. Look, just look, match look for the most the, handsome dude there. And then ask him where I'm, where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when, we, uh, when we left off, we were talking about beer styles, making predictions on where, where we're going to see trends. And uh, we took a little break, and you guys started talking on the break. And I said, hold on, wait. Don't you guys? You, we're supposed to talk about this when the mics are on. Yeah. Let's so let's save it for the show. Uh, and so what? What did you guys think? I heard uh, I heard Keller Pills thrown out there. Yeah, I was I was responding to to Dan's point from earlier that I think that you know 
the next shift is going to be into loggers and pilsners. And I, I think that you kind of have to get there through IPAs and Keller Pills are a really great way to do that because they have that cloudiness and that haziness, but they also finish so clean. I think Summit really proved that you can make an outstanding beer in that style. Shells has done a very, very good version as well. And then the Keller Kazbeck from Fair State is like, you know, this is a fun beer. This is not like a grandpa beer. And I think that you're going to be see a lot more IPAification of lagers. Um, Bauhaus just came out with a great IPL called Cosmic Headshift, and I think it's, we're at that kind of transition point. You said like three things I want to unpack, which, <laughs> yeah. is, which is you you have to get there through IPAs. And what Explain that statement to me, because I think that there's a lot there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's such a dominant thing in the market right now. It's what every brewer complains about, you know, uh, is that IPA doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, it's going to start infecting everything and mm -hmm. we were talking about sour ipas every style is going to kind of be ipa-ified so the more you can kind of make a lager appeal to that ipa drinker the uh, the more likely they are going to pick up that lager unfortunately i have to agree that's correct oh. as much as i want that to be wrong that's correct. <laughs> we're just going to call I it really love it to be wrong we're call it's it the not. ipa uh keller pills and, <clears throat> and people will yeah. buy it and decide they like it it's going to be like the word gourmet like you throw that on something yeah handcrafted yeah <laughs> um, in the complete opposite end of the spectrum, though, I, I think, and I've been saying this for years, I've been wrong for years, but I'm going to keep saying it because eventually I'll be right. Uh, the, <laughs> the amber, what, whatever happened to the amber, you know, the, the amber beer. Um, everyone's excited when Oktoberfest comes around. Everyone wants to drink Oktoberfest. Yeah. But nobody wants to drink malty beer for the rest of the year. And I really don't understand it. I really love um, those kind of things. You know, you see the prevalence of yingling. Sure. Um, out out east, um, there's really no uh, go-to amber uh, in in this market. I've been trying to make it shells firebrick for a very long time. I love that beer. Boy, that's Ted a great Marty beer. has not paid me for all of my advertising for that yet. <laughs> well, um, me either. But I I keep buying it. Yeah. And you know, I I maybe maybe it's a sleeper. Maybe maybe there's more people buying it than we realize. Um, I I do think that outstate there's a fair amount of people buying that beer. I know I. I yeah. buy a fair amount of it in St. Paul. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's one of those styles where, and I say this about brown ales, is that it's just not, it's not exciting. It it's not sexy. It doesn't light your pants on fire. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, but it's not, it's not, there's nothing sexy about it. There's, it's not, it's not your, your milkshake IPA. You know, it's not your, your brute IPA. Yeah, I mean, I hear Amber, and I think, you know, because I grew up in Massachusetts, Boston Lager, and then that yeah. just reminds me of, like, Sticky Four sports bars, and I don't want anything to do with it. Right, and that brings me back to the other, uh, I'm glad you said that, the the second thing you said when we talked about, uh, like, the Keller Pills uh, mm -hmm. was uh, the the Grandpa Beer uh, yeah. Yeah. scenario. Is that is that a real thing? Is that, do, is there, is that a marketing stigma? When it comes to to beers and styles in particular, are people? Do you think, especially like the the younger, maybe uh, trendier consumers, do they shy away from from certain beers and styles and and maybe producers, depending on the I guess the the image that it portrays? Well, I mean, I think Summit has really been victim to this in the past few years. People looking at them and thinking, you know, they've been coasting off the reputation of EPA for 30 years or whatever. And, uh, frankly, that in that instance, it's unfair. But yeah, I do think that, um, drinkers look at 
brands and what they're producing and they think well they're not innovating so i don't want to be part of it yeah sean dan what do you guys think you think that's a fair assessment and and maybe maybe we can talk about someone in particular i want to i don't want to throw anybody under the bus i think someone makes great beer oh yeah Um, for sure i you know i think the beer drinkers are getting smart you know they're 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 starting to understand that uh you know, chasing trends is fine, but but at the end of the day, we we all want something that tastes good, that's consistent, whether that's um, a trendy beer style or whether that's like something that is called a a, a, a grandpa beer or a dad beer, and you know, <laughs> I don't, you know, that's fine. I I, I think that um, I don't, and, and again, I'm forty, so I'm not cool, but, right? Um, yeah, I you get, know, I, I'll drink dad beer for the dad bot it doesn't, <laughs> right, doesn't exactly. matter to me and so i think you know people some people are chasing trends but i think people are coming kind of coming back to just drink what you want drink what tastes good and you know summit they make good beer and so people are almost kind of rediscovering them and it's like they've been around for a long time so i i don't i don't think that if something is referred to as a dad beer like like a like Loggers, you know, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, old school, you know, what what your grandpa drank, but they're good. So here, here's the next loaded question. Do you think that there's going to be a shift in the market? I know that there's probably a, a higher barrier to entry now than there was maybe seven, ten years ago. Um, and I think that we're going to see more and more consumers become more and more educated. Um, I think that's happening. I think people are realizing that not everything that's made small batch and that's close to you is always as great as it could be. And I think for some people that's not always a factor. I think it doesn't matter. Um, I think they're, you know, they're not going to always drink a a five-star beer as long as they're able to support their community and their neighbors. And I think there's, you know, that's fine. Um, But I think that there's also the fact where, you know, you're used to drinking what's there, but maybe you know, what's local isn't what's on tap or what's close to you isn't on tap. And you go and you have a summit, right? And and you are you going to have a, a shell or something where there's <clears throat> there's quality there. And and maybe that changes the market a little bit. Do you think that a brewery like Summit or or, or Deschutes or Shells, um, Sam Adams is gonna be able to weather the the storm and at some point be able to pull through with all these other small local tap rooms Coming into the marketplace, I'd probably ask Ballast Point that question. question. <laughs> <laughs> Redirect it uh, towards, uh, yeah, Green Flash, Alpine. Yeah, they seem like they're doing okay. Yeah, well, Green, well, Green, Green Flash, Flash and Alpine are no, no longer this market, right? Uh, Oma Gang has lost a significant. Or I don't see them a lot anymore. I mean, there's there's still amazing breweries. They're making yeah. great beer. Uh, the problem is that those we we get beer in, into this market that are then, I mean, at best a week old. Yeah. Whereas we can get beer directly from places that are much fresher. Right. Um, and then if they're, if they're brought in from outside, you go through a distributor and all of a sudden you have them sitting on, in, in their warehouses for a couple of days. And so there's already, uh, <clears throat> an issue with quality there. But then, um, the reason 
that you would go and, and have one of those beers over something of comparable quality, maybe not 100% up to their standards, but of comparable quality where we could fix potholes in Minnesota. <laughs> I drive a 99 Corolla. I need these potholes gone. <laughs> I'm bottoming out all the all down Sylvia Avenue. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it'd be nice to see. I, I, I hope that the the larger breweries that, that are here, have been here, can can be supported and and they should be and they deserve to be. I think there should be room for everybody in the marketplace. People always talk about education in the consumer, like the consumer is getting smarter and more educated. Let's, let's take a break and come back and talk about education. Oh, yeah, I, we I, are up against it. I got something to say. <laughs> All right, we're gonna come back and talk about education on the Minnesota Beercast. It's uh, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Back segment number three of the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Schmitty. I am joined by Jerry from City Pages, Dan from Beer Ploma, and Sean from Minnesota Beer Actress. And happy known. Let's uh, when, before I cut uh, Jerry off, he wanted to get into some <laughs> education. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting us take a break there, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before I so rudely interrupted you, you were saying uh, on education. Yeah, I promise it's not as boring as it sounds. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you hear a, a lot of people talking about the you know a sign of the market maturing is the education of the drinker, but I don't think it's actually education. You know, I could sit here and drink forty beers, and I'm not going to know more about like the properties of a certain yeast strain. I think it's just experience. And the reason why dads and grandpas drink certain beers is because they've drank enough beer in their lives to know what they want. And you see this constantly... Like, I've never met a brewer whose favorite beer is a milkshake IPA. (laughs) What do they all love? They all drink lagers. True. Every single one of them. And it's because I think the more you're exposed to beer, the more you understand the subtleties. And, like, you can, you know, you know your own proclivities as a drinker and you can get more enjoyment out of something that is less in your face. So it's definitely like an educational experience, sure. Mm -hmm. But people who drink a lot of beer, typically enjoy certain things about the beer and those are the things that have been prized for generations well and if you're going to drink a lot of beer you don't want you don't want to drink uh, you know a beer that's super intense and in flavor anyway right you, like we talked about earlier you're usually good for yep. one or two you know craft beers and then <clears throat> switch over to that that stable that's that's in the fridge yeah. uh, you know all, all week long yeah so it makes sense well i think you know another reason people drink beer is because they want to be social they want you know to to go and hang out and i think you know if you're going and hanging out and drinking 12 percent barrel aged stouts you're hanging out long yeah exactly <laughs> you know and unless, so, you're, unless you're jim belushi yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know but i think you know being able to you know go out and have your fun and still like sustain yourself and and be responsible and then get stuff done the next day i think that's more important to people um it certainly is more important to me, and that's maybe why I tend to gravitate towards um, loggers and you know things of the of the lesser uh, lesser heat level than than the the big bad stouts that I used to really enjoy. 
Well, but but it also, I mean, it serves a dual purpose. As a brewer, you're going to sell a whole lot more beer if you're if you're able to sell six beers at at four and a half five percent than you are, right. you know, a, a sixteen ounce at at you know twelve percent or whatever it comes out to. That yeah. math checks out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, I'm actually I'm curious. Yeah. To know your point of view here as someone who worked for the Better Beer Society yes. about this this point in education. I mean, do you agree with me that, I don't know, what I just said? It's it's a combination. I think when you, when you touched on experience, that's true not only of beer, but of food in general or cocktails or wine. I think you're seeing a more experienced palate overall, not just with their um, involvement in beer, but people who have been kind of through that phase and they've tried a lot of beers and they kind of have their education under them and a little bit of experience they're also jumping into ciders and wine and those are the people going out to new restaurants um so they're more experienced looking for flavors looking for things that they like and um have really you know gotten that under their belt as well right and that creates a higher expectation of quality in everything yeah yeah because then then you have to prove in order to have this beer you also have to make it better than the manhattan that i'm not drinking right (laughs) or cheaper cheaper usually helps or cheaper spirits yet i i was i was you know when we went around and talked about what we've been drinking lately i really didn't didn't include myself and i probably should have i i haven't aside from coming in here and drinking beer once a week i lately at home i've just been drinking manhattans like there's a reason i said manhattans (laughs) it's 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 god's perfect drink i don't know yeah it's it's beautiful thing (laughs) (laughs) speaking of uh of drinks uh seltzers let's let's talk seltzers fellas because they are hot oh yeah it's uh it is a real spiked spiked water seltzers coolers whatever you want to call them they're all they're all the same thing but they are they are out of control yeah what give me hot takes what do you guys think let's start jerry go around the table uh so I, i i've been writing about this uh a lot recently and i think it's easy to make a hard seltzer and release it, but it's hard to do it in something that's good. And I think the, <laughs> the number one thing that really, really um, triggers me is artificial flavoring. So if you have all natural flavoring or all natural coloring or anything, it's going to make your product so much better. And I think that's really where, like, Liftbridge, for example, theirs is exceptional. Yeah. Really, really, really good. I haven't had the Ferris State one, but uh, the Third Street one, the who. Oh God, it's awful. So I didn't, I didn't grab it. We are, we're actually. Uh, I wouldn't clean my toilet with it. Drinking some some White Claw here uh, today. We're we're actually a uh, true confession. We're drinking High Life and we're drinking White Claws. Uh, grab some Black Cherry White Claws separately, and, not mixed together. Yeah, no, that's that's we, not. We could try not, it. That's that will come later. All right, hold on. No, we'll be right back. Extra High Life. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw I saw this like Hulu pineapple. Oh and God, like, don't do it. I, I passed over that. There was a few other ones I saw as well when I was uh, shopping for the show, and I'm like, hmm. No, nope, I actually not. really don't mind the hula. I've, we've got it on tap at, at the Happy Gnome, and I had uh, probably about six or eight ounces. And <clears throat> I can't personally. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it's not. Um, I wouldn't go more than six to eight ounces, but that that much was refreshing to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I can't speak personally because I haven't had it. I was I was bound to make a choice. I wasn't going to buy all the ciders, and uh, and I've had White Claw Black Cherry before, and I knew I enjoyed it, so that's what I got. Yeah. So you know, I was yeah. I was kind of looking for the sampler pack so we could maybe try some different stuff, but I didn't I didn't see a, a small sampler pack, so so that's what I got. But uh, I would agree with you, Jerry. The uh, the stuff that I had from Liftbridge, we've had them on the show, and we've sampled the 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 hard cider that they're 
tart seltzer that they're making. And I would agree that's, that there's some really good stuff that they're doing there. Um, I, I truly enjoyed it. Uh, I brought some home. The wife truly enjoyed it as well. Um, but well, that's a big thing for me. My wife doesn't drink beer, and I drag her ass to breweries all the time. Right? Yeah. And uh, now that there's that option at Bauhaus, there's that option at, at Fair State and um, at Liftbridge, which I don't go to that often because it's far, but it enriches the experience for her that she can go and you know have a similar equitable experience where it's like this is craft made in-house but it's not beer so next question are are tap rooms breweries brew pubs is as this expands it's an offering that some folks are going to be able to to give to their customers to be competitive is this going to be something that's going to have to be i mean like you said it's not hard to make a hard seltzer is something that's going to have to be done at at tap rooms to be competitive to offer uh, an experience i i think so <clears throat> you know you you see most breweries now doing some sort of uh kettle sour you know they, they that wasn't necessarily what they set out to make originally they had an idea of what they were going to make but now they make a kettle sour uh you also had breweries opening that said we would never make an ipa now they have four um <laughs> you, you have, wow, it's, it's a business you know at the end of the day this is a business you're here to make money or at least to support the you know, people who work there so you know that's going to be a decision they're going to have to make. Yeah, what do you think, Dan? You think you think uh, everybody's going to have to make a hard seltzer? I don't know that everybody's going to have to make a hard seltzer, but I do like the fact that until they change laws and you know, beer is the only thing you can offer. You know, legally, if you can make a make a hard seltzer, you can bring people that aren't into beer to a tap room. I mean, that's the one thing is if you're going to a tap room, you're going to drink beer, and so I think it. It makes it more inclusive to different uh, people, um, and and I think it's you know I I hope that they like Jerry said they're not made on the cheap. I, I'd like yeah. to see like good good uh, ingredients, you know, real fruit purees as opposed to like little you know artificial syrups being thrown in there. But I don't necessarily think you know breweries will have to do that to stay relevant. I mean, I think if they want to, if they want to offer the experience to people who, who want to bring, you know, the people who aren't into beer, and I think it's, you know, if they do want to be competitive, they they're wise to bring, you know, the full experience, and if they can, if it's afforded them, if they've if they've got the the tank space to do it, maybe is yeah. the best way to yeah. put it. If, if that's one of the, the limiting factors there. there. Yep. Well, let's uh let's take another break. Uh, come back with the final segment. Of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Uh, you're, after this, you're listening to AM Segment of the Saint, of the uh, Minnesota Beer Cast. <laughs> I wanted to uh, get a plug in for the St. Paul Summer Beer Fest coming up June 8th. We'll be there doing a, uh, a show. Stop by and see us. We're gonna have a booth there. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a blast. It always is. It's always a good time. Rain or shine, it's a uh, it's not to be missed. And uh, Jerry, I know you've got uh, a plug you wanted to get in. I know there's a uh, City Pages Beer Fest coming up. Well, that's right. Yeah. So uh, June 1st at the Shops at West End in St. Louis Park. Uh, starts at 3.30. 
we are doing a special issue, a beer issue, where uh, I've ranked the top 40 beers in Minnesota. This should be out by the time this podcast is. I'll have a booth at the um, the beer fest if you want to come disagree with me. <laughs> it's like a kissing booth, but the opposite. <laughs> bring, bring your rotten vegetables and fruit and maybe some eggs. <laughs> so, yeah, please pick up the issue. Come to the beer fest. It's going to be a great time. Thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic. So when when we left off, uh, we were talking about, you know, the... Uh, the competitiveness of of tap rooms and breweries offering seltzer um and you know i kind of wanted to get into the, you know the the gray area the minutia of of tap rooms and at what point you know if they're doing things like offering cider do do you guys think that they're competing with with local bars um you know you've got places like bent Pristillery making spirits uh you know is it is it reasonable to assume that at some point it's going to be it's going to be tap rooms becoming bars they they already competing with with local bars <clears throat> um and it it's not necessarily a direct competition in the way that like you're taking sales away um it's a competition that sort of breeds more um interested people in that world um so i generally appreciate other tap rooms opening so that people can go there and try things from from them but at the end of the day uh bars or you know restaurants have food uh versus food truck it's a different experience so they can if it's done right um work together in a collaborative sense uh but there's also some some places and some people that would just rather go to the the uh brewery and end of the day it's you know their decision and things are gonna have to adapt overall I mean, yeah you know and that's kind of the marketplace right i mean from from my perspective it's it's incumbent upon the the restaurant or the bar or the pub or the tap room it's it's you know yeah understandably the way it was was the way it was for a long time but it's no longer the way it was if you if you want consumers to come to your yeah. establishment you've got to be competitive and you have to offer what people want and that that's going to be service it's going to be location that's going to be variety that's yeah. that's all those things you do have to compete regardless of whether you like it or not with with tap rooms and and the like yeah so at the end of the day restaurants have to look at that and see where things are going and make sure that they they are in line and their business model you know works with that and i would say you know uh, a bar like the happy gnome uh, a place like that with with great beer great service great food a place like that is few and far between. And so right now we're in the era of consumer choices driving everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the big breweries that are, if you're opening up a brewery right now and you, you want to be um, distributing your product in 15 states in three years, you might as well just light that pile of money on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, people want local. And I think the nice thing about, you know, People can choose, and and people are choosing. And right now, it's you know a lot of people are choosing to go to their local tap room. It's definitely a different feel in a tap room than a bar. Um, and I think some people uh, gravitate towards that. And if somebody wants something a little bit more that stays open later, has a has a different vibe, the bars are there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think um, what I think is really cool is that you know there, there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of choices, and and I don't think that you know if you want the 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 brewery that that has all traditional European styles, you can go for that. If you want the brewery that has 
cocktails and beer, you can go for that. You know, there's a lot of different options right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree with you because I think that no matter what your establishment is, if it's a restaurant, a bar, or a brewery, what you provide is an experience. And I think one thing, you were at this sort of philosophical crossroads between, well, what is the experience I expect when I go to a brewery versus a bar versus a restaurant or a distillery or something? And, you know, to take off my media hat and to just look at this as a consumer, when I go to a brewery, I want, as Dan said, what is made there, what is local. I don't want to try the guest spirit, which, yeah. you know, if you go to a lot of places outside Minnesota, you get stuff like that, or a guest beer, which uh, Town Hall does. It's like, I'm not even interested in that part of the menu. That's not why I'm here. And I think that there's space enough I mean, history has proven me correct, but there is space enough for bars and breweries to provide distinct and separate experiences. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's like the the off market, you know, type of of experience too, where you can go to the the liquor store, but you can also go to you know your your Cub Foods or wherever else and get your your Boda box and get your your you know, <clears throat> you know regular strength beer too, where you know. But if you want hard spirits, you end up going to the the liquor store. It's mm. you know, it's whatever you want is is whatever you want. And if there is somebody who's you know creative enough with their their marketing and their business sense, they'll provide that niche for consumers. So let's uh, let's talk about um, you know we talked about seltzer, we talked about some beer styles. Uh, Dan, you're going on a, on a trip to Colorado this summer for beer plumbing. You do an annual trip every summer. Yep. Um, Going to Colorado, so I've got a question for you, and maybe you guys uh, on the other panel can can join in. But cannabis, CBD. Oh, I want to talk about this. That's, that's <laughs> save the best for last. You know, um, <laughs> it it has traditionally every summer the the beer pluma beercation has been about beer. Um, however, the last couple places <laughs> I've gone, uh, pluma weed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last summer I was in Oregon. In Portland, I spent ten days in Portland. Not and, what you remember. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I'm not, I do not partake, uh, but I, I'm sure that you know, Damn it, it. it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere where you go to these places and you're driving. One time, I was driving past a dispensary and it smelled like somebody was, you know, toking up in my back seat. And I'm like, well, this is really interesting. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe this will be the first time where Beer Pluma decides to dip their toe in that pool and provide uh, our our seven readers with a, a unique uh, <laughs> idea of what it would look like if recreational uh, marijuana. <laughs> well, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah so, you know, one thing I totally disagree with, and I've seen this so much because Massachusetts is going through a very, very, very painful uh, decriminalization uh, process right now is that the the people who are like moneyed and in power in the liquor world see recreational marijuana competition. as competition, which yeah. is so wrong sure. from a consumer standpoint because it's mm. a totally different experience. Yep. And I want them separately and also together. Right? It's like cigarettes and beer do not compete. And as a matter of fact, they enhance one another. Um, but I was having I did a a, a recent story for October about the um, non-alcoholic beer that Baja's produced. Mm -hmm. And when I met Patrick Fermat, who's one of the owners of ABV Technology, the, the company that makes these non-alcoholic beers, they said when they went to um, the Great American Beer Fest, I'm sorry, no, the Craft Brewers Conference mm -hmm. in Colorado, they got a ton of interest from breweries in Colorado and California who want to de-alcoholize their beer, take all the alcohol out of the beer, and then add cannabis into it. Because you cannot legally sell 
alcohol and cannabis together which is stupid but you can make a non-alcoholic beer that has cannabis in it and get high off beer and like this is this is so good this is awesome see i would i would have to buy my my de-alcoholized cannabis drink and then refortify it that's that's you can do that as a consumer right i know but it's ridiculous i shouldn't have to we're calling out a cocktail apparently (laughs) yes it would be a cocktail it's a cocktail (laughs) but i mean i think the intersection of this world i mean it makes sense hops and marijuana are in the same family they should they should exist together i've enjoyed both together and it is a enriching experience you keep it all in the family (laughs) and eat some brussels sprouts while you do it yeah Yeah. Do you see? Do you see that uh, that type of product coming to Minnesota anytime soon? I think. Did I see? Indeed is going to do a, a CBD. Yeah, it was like a, with dabs, right? Dab. I have no yeah. idea. I have indeed, no, indeed the, hop dab. The yeah. world is entirely foreign to me. You have to I, add it in after, right? Yeah. So they have a, a, a hop extract that they've. Is it? It's CBD on. though. It's not THC, right? Yeah. 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 And for the uh, the uninformed, totally old man, straight laced guy like me, what does that what does that mean? Tell me what CBD is the non psychoactive component that's in uh, marijuana. So you can buy it in uh, Minnesota um, anywhere. Like it's, you can buy it, no problem. I just got a package of it the other day. My wife uses it for anxiety. THC is the psychoactive part, the part that gets you high. And that's what you can't put in alcohol currently. I don't think anywhere in the country. All right. Cool. I'm, uh, I am looking forward to seeing where it goes. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining the Minnesota BeerCast. Hey. It's been, it's been a blast. I, I really enjoyed this show. I think we should do these more often. We have uh, a bunch of topics we didn't get to, so I'm going to put these, uh, put a pin in these, and uh, hopefully you guys will come back soon, and we'll do more of these uh, when we break format. Maybe the next time Drew goes to uh, Kuwait. So, Cheers. Sounds Thanks good. for having me. Thanks cheers. for having us. See ya. Me on wine and 